Love Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Sports Urban Legend, along along with uh, my co-host Macaulay Matthew, who might be coming on the show. I am, of course, William Ramo. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming on the show on a special day. Usually, we do the show on Saturdays at 11, but uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to um, do the show at the usual time. So, uh, I'm, as of right now, it looks like I'm flying solo. So, you know, I want to thank you guys for listening to this uh, special episode right here. So, on today's episode, um, we're going to talk about um, David Wright's uh, shocking uh, retirement, unofficial retirement even though he hasn't, um, you know, he hasn't officially labeled it as a retirement, but in all, in all uh, purposes, it looks like, you know, it's the end of the uh, end of an era with the, with the Mets captain here. Um, Of course, we're going to talk about week two and talk a little bit about, um, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, um, what happened in week one with the the Jets and the Giants. And, uh, of course, preview um, the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view event that's coming this Sunday. And um, also talk about the controversy surrounding uh, Serena Williams and Naomi Naomi Osaka uh, at the U.S. Open. But, of course, most importantly, um, the number is 917-388-4189. That's 917-388-4189. So feel free to talk about any of these topics and more. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. But without further ado, let's just let's talk about David Wright, man. Um, yeah, I mean, you knew it was coming soon. You know, right? He's been for the ever since 2006. He's been trying to get back on that baseball field, and uh, every time he had a, you know, he had, he was making progress. He had a a setback that stopped him from playing. But now, you know, that time has come, and uh, it was announced earlier today that number five, the captain of the New York Mets, the fourth captain in Mets history. David Wright, he unfortunately has to retire. He hasn't, he didn't use the words, he didn't use the R word, but everything he said was basically saying that he wants to go on mentally, he wants to go on spiritually, he wants to go on, but his body is saying, as he quote, uh, as he said earlier today, not today, you know. You know he he, you know he willed himself for the past two years to get to the, get to this moment, 
and he's going to have a, a you know a silver lining he's going to get that moment his his last his last moment you know in the spotlight you know to you know cap a, a phenomenal met career you know on September 25th they're going to um officially activate him on the team and as a result he might uh, be a pinch hitter you know if uh the opportunity presents itself but the eye but the eyes that uh you know sports fans especially Mets fans got to keep their eye out open for is September 29th and that's the day when uh David Wright will play uh the the position that only he played it you know at third base you know he's going to start at third base for, for most likely for the for the last time and you know he's you know he's going to for the first time ever he's going to play in front of his his daughters so you know it's going to be a it's going to be a bittersweet moment for him and um you know he's definitely going to be missed you know he was a leader on the team he was a the fourth ever captain after uh Keith Hernandez Gary Carter um, you know, co-captained, and then uh, you know, uh, John Franco became the captain, and and then now David Wright. You know, his you know his uh, his former teammate. So now now it's the end of the era, and uh, looks like it's, it's going to be the end of the era for Reyes too. Maybe Reyes and Wright will play that last game together. And hopefully it won't be on 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 uh, on Jacob Degrom start because you know um, David Wright hasn't played other than um, you know um, simulated two simulated games recently and playing in the minor leagues. You know, you know we don't know how his defense his defense has to be affected. You know, not playing on the field for two years. Not to mention the back and neck problems he's been going through for the past. Two years, um, you know, you can't expect them to be Brooks Robinson, you know, from the Baltimore Orioles heydays in the '60s and '70s when that guy took like I don't know, like a like 11 or 13 Gold Gloves, I think consecutively with the Orioles during that era. So you can't expect them to be like that. So, um, you know, he's he's definitely going to be missed. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to get that that championship but his place in met history is secured you know he's um yeah he's a what i think the, the he's the all-time met hit leader in hits um second in home runs only to Daryl Strawberry due to the injuries of the past two years he he's eight home runs shy unfortunately he won't he won't break uh, strawberry's record uh due to the injuries um, but his place is secure, you know, he, you know, he played the game the right way and that's all you can ask for, for a player. You know, he, um, you know, he, he, um, he is part of that 2015, uh, and National League champion team, you know, but, and of course the 06 team, uh, that lost to the, the Cardinals, um, you know, about a, about a decade, nine years later, uh, previous to that. 
So, you know, he's had some postseason success. Unfortunately, you know, the elusive ring, as as for many Mets and for many players in general, it eluded him. But hopefully, you know, um, whatever job he has in the front office, you know, he'll be able – once this team gets it, turned around eventually, hopefully he'll rent, win a ring as maybe a, an ambassador for the Mets, you know special events, you know, since he, I mean, he is already doing charitable work, you know, he can make spot appearances at charitable events on the behalf of the New York Mets. And eventually one of these years, God willing, he can get a title, you know, get a championship, you know, as a member of, you know, the front office, you know, so you know, I'm definitely going to miss him, and I know every Mets fan is going to miss him and what he means to the team. So, um, you know, um, just circle your calendars. September 29th, a day to be remembered in Mets history. So on the behalf of every Mets fan and every baseball fan, you know, I say thank you, David Wright. Thank you. And um, shifting gears with the Yankees, you know, the Yankees, they've been uh, sliding a little bit in the um, in uh, the standings. I think they're like, last time I checked yesterday, they were like one game up, up on the A's, you know, in the wild card, you know, for the wild card, you know. But, you know, Mets, I mean, Yankee spot is secure, you know. I mean, they're going to go to the postseason, obviously. And, uh, you know, they're they're going to – I mean, I think them chasing the Red Sox is out of the question, even though they're not, they're not mathematically out of it. But, you know, especially with the Red Sox facing the Mets this weekend, um, you know, the, you know it's, in, it's definitely in the Red Sox' favor, you know, even though the Mets have been playing better as of late with the exception of when Jacob DeGrom's on the mound and of course Jacob DeGrom lost his ninth his uh ninth decision even though he pitched great and uh I think he tied a a pitcher in like the early nineteen hundreds. I forgot his name. Um with I think you know, I think he has like twenty one qualities and uh, I think twenty twenty five or more um starts where he, he allowed three runs or less. So, I mean, this guy's having a phenomenal year, and I hope and pray that the Mets, you know, they could turn it around. Most likely he's going to be pitching his next start against the Red Sox. And, uh, you know, with that ballpark, you know, I'm a, and, and that team, that team and that offense, I mean, I'm a little worried for DeGrom, even though good pitching beats, uh, you know, a good offense nine, nine out of, you know, nine out of the ten times. But, you know, we're, we're going to see what happens with that. Um, you know, but, you know, I'm, I'm not worried with the Yankees. The Yankees will turn it around as they always do. But, um, yeah, we'll definitely keep you posted on what, what, what happens with the Yankees, you know, um, as September, you know, the twilight of September is upon us in a few weeks in October the 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 month where Yankees, you know, 
aura and mystique is is born or reborn. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Last year, their team was young and hungry, and they they were one win away from the World Series. So, you know, with Stanton, you know, they're they're shooing to go to the the um, World Series if they can get past the Astros. So we'll see what happens with the Yankees. And, you know, from one promising, you know, young core to a budding young star in New York and New Jersey. And, of course, I'm talking about Sam Darnold. And, man, what, what a performance. What a, what a sign of resiliency by Sam Darnold. His, 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 his first, um, you know, his first attempt was, was uh, picked off for a pick six. To, you know, for the um, for the Lions to score the, the the first runs of the game, the six runs of the game, six points of the game, but did that stop him? Nope. Got back on the horse and uh, lobbed a, a deep pass to Robbie Anderson. I think it was a forty forty eight yard uh, pass, and uh, the rest is history. He finished off with with uh, you know two touchdowns. And uh, the rest is history, you know. You know, congrats to him, you know, and, and the team. They definitely showed the resiliency. And then after the game, they they admitted that they um they knew all the they knew all the signs that uh, you know the new coach Matt Patricia, you know, formerly you know a former you know assistant coach with uh, with Bill Belichick, you know, in New, with the New England Patriots. You know, they knew all his schemes, so, you know, that's why they had that, that blowout. I think the final score was 48-17, to 17. and, you know, congrats to the, the, the Jets. But they got to they gotta keep that momentum going because right now they're going to be facing um, their longtime rival, the Miami Dolphins. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be a fight, man. I mean, they're going to be at home. You know, that's in, that's in their favor. And you know the you know, I think they're going to pull it off. They're going to they're going to they're going to um you know, go 2 and 0 in front of the the faithful jet crowd. And uh it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. But we'll find out on Sunday. And then you shift gears um, to the Giants, and um, you know they're gonna they're gonna have to to rebound from Week One, and um, yeah, basic basically um, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be battling they're gonna be battling their old rivals the uh, you know the Cowboys Sunday night game in Dallas. So you know you know that's gonna be that's gonna be um must see must see T V, you know. And you know they they're gonna be chomping at the bit to beat those Cowboys, especially after, you know, they lost to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, or rather not the rather not the Cleveland I mean the Jaguars, my my bad. The Jaguars, uh, by the final score of twenty to fifteen. And um yeah, I mean, you know the the Giants they have they have something to prove 
because last year was an off year for them, you know, to the point that that Eli Manning was, as we all remembered, was briefly benched, you know, by the by the by uh, their the former coach Spagnolo. But uh, you know now Pat Shermer is is in charge and uh, they're gonna try to right the ship. And the perfect what a perf- what what a what a more perfect place for them to right the ship, but in hostile territories in Dallas. So that's definitely a must see game right there. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep you posted on what's gonna go down there. Um, yeah, let's let's get to the um. To the um, to the U.S. Open quickly. Um, yeah, first right off the bat, congratulations to Naomi uh, Osaka. Um, you know she's from ironically Osaka, Japan. Um, she, uh, apparently she moved there. Her and her sister, her sister moved there. Um, moved from Japan when she was when she was three. Um, and uh, another interesting fact about her is that, um, you know, obviously she, repre- she represented Japan. She became the first J- Japanese um, player to, to um, win a, a, you know, Open. And, and um, another interesting fact is that she's also Haitian-American. I mean, Haitian, Haitian-Japanese. So that was, you know, uh, another you know, historical reference for her, you know, being the first Haitian Japanese to win as well. So, you know, congratulations to her. And, um, you know, she, she said that she's always one to, she said that she had, you know, she always idolized, uh, Serena, uh, up until the point that when she was a little kid, she, she dreamed that she would face Serena in the finals, and of course, as we all know, Saturday was that prophecy came true because she she uh, she beat her, you know, she beat her idol um, on Saturday afternoon, uh, just like Rocky Marciano defeated uh, Joe Lewis, you know, at the end of his career, uh, Osaka, you know, defeated her idol, who you know, obviously. Serena is still the best tennis player in the world, but she is getting up there, you know, in age, you know, sports-wise, not, not, I mean, not real life-wise, but in sports-wise, you know, she's getting up there in age. And not to mention, you know, it's pretty remarkable that Serena, you know, was, you know, you know, able to get to the finals, you know, after she, she nearly died giving birth uh, to her daughter. So, you know, congratulations to her that she got there, you know, got that far. However, you know, the, you know, that U.S. Open, you know, Osaka's uh, first ever Grand Slam victory was tainted um, because, you know, after, you know, Osaka was dominating the whole game, um, the umpire, the, the chair, the chair umpire, um, accused Serena Williams of cheating, which, you know, obviously that, you know, made her upset because she said she's, you know, she's, she's never cheated in the game, you know. She would rather lose than to cheat. And, I mean, you have to give her credit. You know, she's, 
she's known to be, you know, a, you know, a, a respectable player in the game. That's why she's a top player in the game. However, her her um her coach was seen was seen doing giving her signs, and you know the coach is partially responsible for putting her in that situation. Serena says she didn't see it happening, and. I mean, I, I believe her. I take her at face value that she didn't see it. But, you know, the coach does, should take some, some uh, you know, responsibility for, you know, putting her in that spot by, by, by trying to give her signs. But, you know, another thing, you know, then, of, then, you know, the umpire, you know, the umpire kind of, you know, made her PO'd, you know. He should have saw like she was getting upset, you know, to try to defuse the situation and, you know, try to speak to her reasonably, at least apologize a little bit, you know, showing that she's upset. But he, you know, she, you know, she is also responsible for her, you know, losing her cool. You know, uh, you know, Serena should have, should have, you know, try to calm down a bit, you know, because I mean, why should she care about the the chair umpire's opinion anyway? He's 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 one person. You know she shouldn't. You know once she once she let that the call get into her head, you know that was that basically put the nail in, in her the nail in the coffin of her. You know win actually winning it because Osaka was dominating the whole the both set both uh, sets. So you know it, it kind of tainted. Osaka's victory, and as you would assume, the whole crowd was PO'd because, you know, they've never, you know, as Serena was accusing, you know, there's so many guys who who got away with saying worse, and she, she didn't really say, she didn't really say anything that offensive for her to get, you know, lose essentially two points, you know, uh, you know, argue, you know, arguing. With the guy, and of course, you know her, you know, unsportsmanship of breaking the racket, you know, you know that combined that that combined with the coach cheating, and it just created a whirlwind of controversy. What was a you know a beautiful match, you know, it, it just got messed up, you know, because I, I felt like Ramos, uh, Carlos Ramos, the the chair umpire. He should have been a little bit more, I don't know, sensitive. I know he's a professional, but he should have been more sensitive to her, you know, her, her gripe. And especially the, the, um, the, the setting, you know, it was a pro Serena setting, you know, and, you know, people obviously didn't want to see her lose her cool like that. I think he should have, you know, just explained, you know, said his side of the story and not, Say you know like speak in a arrogant kind of way. I mean it's no excuse for her losing her cool. You know, I mean you can't fault her for crying because you know she felt she was unjust. You know what what was going on was injustice because, like she said, which rightfully so. You know when uh, uh, John McEnroe, you know Andre Agassi, all those great guys, you know, great players. You know they lose their cool. You know. You cheer them on because they're bad boys, you know, they're quote-unquote bad boys, you know, you know, but, I mean, she does have a fair point, but she should have got back in the zone, you know, she shouldn't have let the chair umpire's words get get to her and let her lose her cool because, 
you know, it really tainted the whole match. It was a beautiful match. You know, Osaka, you know, she had the youth on her side. You know, she she modeled her game after Serena. So, you know, um, it, it was a beautiful match. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing them face each other again. And who knows, maybe it might be a different outcome. But with that said, you know, congratulations to Naomi, you know, Osaka. You know, she seemed like a, a good sport, uh, you know, humble, humble person, and um, she she seemed embarrassed to win because of the whole situation, and to the point she actually thought that they were booing her, you know, because of the whole controversy, so I feel, you know, to be honest with you, you know, I've, I've been, you know, you know, I'm a, I'll, I'll say it, I'm a Serena fan, you know, I'm a fan of Serena. You know, I'm a fan of Oscar, I'm Osaka now, you know. I'll say it. You know, they both play the game well, but, you know, the the chair umpire, the coach, Serena's coach, you know, and I guess Serena losing her cool, I mean, that all, those three things led to the whole controversy, you know. And you, I mean, you can't fault her for being for her being upset, for her being crying, you know, for her crying, with her integrity being put to the you know to the test. I can't blame her for that, you know. what I mean, I'd be offended too, but you know, she had she has to she she should have channeled her frustration back in the game because she was you know clearly frustrated about what happened. But you know, knowing how a warrior Serena is, she'll she'll bounce back. And um, you know we're all we're all gonna pay attention to her her, her next uh, match, especially whenever her and Osaka uh, face each other one more time. So you know, with that said, congratulations to both ladies for going that far, and congratulations to Osaka for you know defeating her idol. I mean, which is no small task. It's like beating Jordan in NBA Finals. Or for the contemporary young fans listening to this show, LeBron James, you know. So, you know, congratulations to Naomi Osaka for winning the title and uh, Serena, you know, after the, the birth to, uh, you know, get get that far. But, uh, yeah, shifting gears, let's, yeah, let's talk about uh, Hell in the Cell. And uh, yeah, there's some yeah, there's there's some big matches, some interesting matches going on. Um, there's Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella, his real life wife, versus The Miz and his real life wife, Maurice, in a mixed tag team match. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, this could go either way. Uh, I, I I think Daniel Bryan and Brie will win, so they could even up this match up. Um, I could I could see it going either way, but I'm gonna pick Daniel Bryan to win. Um, then you got the New Day. You got the New Day, which is of course Biggie, Kofi Kingston, or Xavier Xavier Woods, depending on. You know they have the free free bird or New Day rules, where any of the three members could fight, versus Rusev Day, Rusev and in English, and. As much as I love New Day, 
I love New Day. But I'm hoping Rusev Day comes out victorious on Sunday night because I feel like Rusev needs to be rewarded for him, uh, for him, uh, you know, turning the crowd to his favor. I mean, just a few years ago, Rusev was this big, bad heel that, you know, everybody couldn't stand. But, you know, WWE, you know, they, um, they try to ruin his character, but, you know, he made it work. You know, him and Lana had this, had this, uh, you know, they, they were in sync from, from the get-go. And then they, they split up Lana several times from him. Even made Lana Tamina's manager. You know, that's how much they split them up. And then they tossed him and Aiden English together as a tag team after um, the um, broad villains broke up after Simon Gosh got fired last year. And to, to credit Rusev and Aiden English, they made it work. And they made Rusev and Aiden English two of the most popular stars out there. I mean, yeah, who would have ever thought Aiden English would have been popular? But, you know, he made, they both made it work. And Rusev Day is one of the, the, the most, you know, entertaining and highlights of, of SmackDown. And and all and of all of uh, WWE in general. So, congratulations to them. I hope they'll get rewarded. But knowing WWE, they love to like stick it to the fans. So I think New Day is gonna win. I mean, if New Day wins, I mean, no one's gonna be complaining because New Day is awesome as well. But I think it's Rusev. It should be Rusev Day. You know, give Rusev a shot. You know, they should have put Rusev should should have been should have been a champion to begin with. Whether it's WWE champion or universal champion, this guy, he has, he has championship. He has a championship look like he should have, he should have the title, you know, around his waist, preferably the, the, the heavyweight title, but that's not what's going to happen. And then on, uh, on the raw side, you have, um, Dolph Ziggler, you know Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, the the newly crowned champions after they beat the B team uh, last week to win the title. They're going to be facing off against Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, and um, I think I think I think Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose are going to win the titles and make every Shield member have have the title. I think um Seth is, Seth is I think Seth is the um it's a continental title champion too I think but I, but his title's now on the line. Um let me see. So yeah, I think Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose is going to win. Um let me see what else we have here. Um you got Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton Hell in the Cell. Um I think definitely Randy Orton's going to win. He's he's been in in a He's been in the Hell in the Cell match before. The Hell in the Cell match is would is Randy Orton would be Randy Orton's domain domain more so than Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy is more of a high flyer, uh, which which could mean he could jump off the cell and try to do a Santan bomb through through a table, you know, and miss Randy Orton lying on the table and miss and just do a Santan bomb off the table, which would be crazy, which 
son tells me that's what's going to happen. So you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. Um, so Orton will win that one, hands down. Um, let's see. What other match we have here? We got uh, Ronda Rousey uh, defending the title against Bliss uh, for the women's, Raw Women's title. Hands down, Ronda Rousey is going to win that match. I mean, who are we kidding here? Ronda Rousey is, is going to just run rough shot on Alexa Bliss. Um, okay, let's see. Then on the women's side, now nah, this this match I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this one. Becky Lynch challenges Charlotte Flair for the WWE SmackDown Women's Title, and straight up rooting for Becky right here because she's just she's a justified heel. WWE has been you know messing around with her character. No matter how popular she is, you know, storyline-wise, Charlotte is always undermining her. So she's justified in, in turning heel on her, you know. Just like Bailey turned on Sasha Banks uh, earlier this year. So as much as I want Becky to win WWE, you know, they always want to mess with the fans. So expect Charlotte Flair to win the title. And what would have been perfect is a double heel turn. If I was writing for WWE and they gave me the green light, I would have made a double heel turn. Becky would have won the match, or Becky would have won the match, and and Charlotte would have turned heel, and Becky would have been a, would have been the baby face. That's what this whole feud should have been in the first fa- first place, because the fans want to cheer Becky, and they're still cheering Becky, and they're booing Charlotte, rightfully so. Um. Then you have um, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe, longtime rivals, longtime friends, ever since their TNA days, now known as Impact. And this is a singles match for the WWE Championship. Now, I wish this would have been the Hell in the Cell match instead of Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. This should have been the Hell in the Cell match. But nope, they're not doing that. It's a regular singles match. So you know what that means? There could be another disqualification and Samoa Joe won't win the title. So I could see that happening with that with that stipulation, but I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking they'll they'll, they'll put the title on Samoa Joe. I think they will. I could I could see AJ Styles holding on to the title again, but I think AJ Styles will. I think Samoa Joe will win it. Uh, let's see. So to recap. Charlotte Flair will retain the title against Becky Lynch. Um, and um, I think AJ Styles will retain it against Samoa Joe, but I'm going to pick Samoa Joe to, to win it. Uh, let's see what else we have. We have, last but not least, uh, Roman Reigns defending the title against Braun Strowman in a Hell in a Cell match for the Universal title with Nick Foley. Bang, bang as your special guest referee to mark the 20th anniversary of the the, Helen, the greatest Hell in the Cell match where Mick Foley was thrown off the Hell in the Cell in the, uh, uh, you know, when he fought Undertaker just before the match started. Like, that's how the match started. Like, I, there can never be a match that could du- duplicate that Hell in the Cell. 
The only match that I saw that came close to it was the um, Armageddon uh, elimination um, elimination Hell in the Cell match. No, no, it wasn't elimination because uh, I think it was only there was only one pinfall. So it was a six man Hell in the Cell match, and that's the old, that to me that's the second greatest one. You could also put the Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels one, which was the first ever Hell in the Cell match. Those are the top three for me out of the, all the years I've been watching. Um, all right, the Triple H and uh, Mick Foley one was 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 pretty good as well. Um, but let me see. Yeah, I think I think Roman Reigns will win. I feel Braun Strowman should win because he's just like Becky Lynch. He should have this opportunity to be a champion, and WWE is just force-feeding the wrong people, i.e. Roman Reigns and Charlotte Flair, as the top baby faces when clearly the fans want to cheer Braun Strowman and Becky Lynch, and they want to see them win. But in WWE fashion, Braun Strowman will lose to Roman Reigns, just like Becky Lynch will lose to Charlotte Flair. So, yeah, with that, um, that's that's the the end of the show. I want to thank you guys for listening to Sports Urban Legend. Uh, it'll return back to its regular day and time, uh, hopefully next Saturday at 11. And also feel free to check out my YouTube show, Sports Urban Legend TV. So, again, I want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this special episode of Sports Urban Legend. I'm William Ramo. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace.